This is Tech Unmuted, the podcast of modern collaboration, where we tell the stories of how collaboration tools enable businesses to be more efficient and connected with your hosts, George Shanestein and Santi Cuellar. Welcome to Tech Unmuted. Welcome to the latest episode of Tech Unmuted. Uh, today, we're going to do a couple quick hit things. So want to talk about the new, new teams, uh, <laughs> which I turned on yesterday. The new, new teams. <laughs> yes, the new, new teams. It actually says that it, when it popped up, that's what it says. Look at the new features of the new, new teams is what yeah. it said in one spot. We're going to talk a little bit about privacy within, uh, within Microsoft 365 and some of these tools we're using. Yeah. And just a brief tidbit on data rooms. So let me talk a little bit about the the new new teams piece. So there there's a button where you can flip and see this new version of right. teams, which is the future state version. So I finally did it yesterday and I did it because I had something that wasn't working right. I couldn't right click and do anything in the old version. So I'm like, hey, let me let me flip it over again and try it. So the only downside I've seen of things I use every day is it used to have the ability for me to just mouse over like a PowerPoint or something else and it would give me a share button, yeah. uh, which was really cool and convenient. That is not in the new new Teams. Uh, but a couple other things that flagged when I when I brought it up and looked at some of the, the additional features that were in it that thought were at least a little bit interesting. There, there's the ability now to just click on a person and get to their org chart and get to some other information about them. You used to have to, and you can do it just in a stream where somebody's sitting in a stream or any other place that you see them uh, in Teams. You used to have to click in a couple other places to get to that. Uh, there's also, which I sort of thought this already existed, there's the ability that it rings now on multiple devices when a call. And this may just be the new version that it's added to, but now all of a sudden I do have like multiple devices ringing when I get calls. So, so you're, talk, you're talking about like a, like a simultaneous ring, right? Where everything correct. rings at the same time and then you pick up the call at your desired device. Okay. Correct. Cool. And it's, and it is ringing uh, where I think maybe that is, it may have buzzed before on my devices, but it's ringing on my iPad. It's ringing on my phone, which is also yeah. it's an iPhone. Pretty cool. And then it's ringing on the screen. Uh, the other piece that I that I haven't fully tested out is there's a way to dissect search a little bit, so you can uh, you can choose whether you want to do sort of a global search or search in a chat or search in a channel. Uh, where previously it brought up a, a bunch of different things from a search standpoint. So those are sort of interesting. We'll keep evaluating this as we go forward. I think I'm going to stick with it. Uh, the other thing I noticed it made my screen background uh, light mode. It, uh, I think I had it in dark mode previously, so all the stuff was was darker around the edges. I don't know. It's at first I was like it was a little harsh, but now I now I like it. It's sort of a more lively lively screen for me to be looking at. Okay. Uh, let's pivot into privacy. So there's been yeah. I don't want to call any other you know competitive platforms out specifically but there's no, been a, there have been a number of platforms that have been flagged i'm sure everybody knows who they are where there's been concerns about 
what data was being collected and how it was used. And, you know, is it yeah. do you really own your data or is somebody else owning the data? So I know you did a little bit of research, Sante, to look at uh, what's going on with Microsoft relative to some of yeah. this. Do you want to hit on a couple of those, the points that you uncovered? Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, it's funny that you say who owns the data <laughs> when it's now in this in this new era we're in where everything is cloud based. Uh, your cloud provider owns your data. <laughs> that's the reality. Um, <clears throat> I mean, when you really look at it, that's where it lives. Right. But Microsoft does have uh, I'm going to touch on a high level. They, they do have a, a set of privacy policies uh regarding how they handle your data and this is also as it relates to teams by the way and that just you know so it's a little bit more specific to teams but for example um content right so in your meetings you know your your meetings your conversations uh, your chats your voicemails uh your shared files and your recordings even your transcriptions so anything that's considered a content within a traditional microsoft teams meeting um, is collected and and stored, right? Um, and that makes sense because you have to be able to you have to be able to reach that somehow. So if I want to reach a transcript yeah. two days from now, I got I got to get it from somewhere, and it's it's in the cloud. So they uh, that's captured. Um, they also capture what's called profile data. Profile data is well, it's you, right? <laughs> it's your profile. So like your email address, your picture, the picture that you choose. That's why your picture appears on multiple. Uh, uh, applications across the Microsoft 365 platform um, and also your phone number, right? It does capture that. Uh, they do capture your call history. I can see how that's a must. Uh, but then they also capture some other stuff. Like, for example, uh, they capture your call quality data. So they're measuring, right, the quality of your calls and yeah. capturing that. Uh, same thing with any feedback loops. So if you have a feedback or, or some type of troubleshooting, they're going to capture that data as well. And of course, everybody does diagnostic and service data capturing. So, but those, that's, I'm oversimplifying it, of course, because their privacy policy is a pretty in-depth document. But, but at a high level, those are the things that Microsoft collects, right, or captures. This is the data that's captured. What I found interesting, and I really do like this, um, is, you know, they will not disclose your data, okay, except for, uh, you know, there's three exceptions to that, right? One is if the customer, if we direct them to, they will, right? So that's, so we give them the green light, they will. Uh, number two, uh, so long as it's aligned with their online service terms, they won't go outside of that. Right. So if you read the online service terms, those parameters are set. They will not go outside of that. The only other thing that would probably override some of this is if there's a regulatory or compliance law that requires them to do so. But those are the only three exceptions. Other than that, they're just not going to disclose your, your data. And um, so they're very clear about that. That's actually pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, and I was wondering, well, how long do they keep our data for? So I actually did some research on this. And um, so from a user perspective, if you delete data, Microsoft will keep that data, your personal data, uh, for 30 days after you delete it. So within 30, 
Yeah, yeah. So let's say you delete something right now. You delete a file. You know, you no longer want it. It's going to sit in a Microsoft server, and it will be deleted permanently within 30 days. So they say within 30 days. So it could be less, but that's the window. Okay. Um, now that's going to that's got the company level. If a company terminates their agreement with Microsoft, okay, any personal data that is that has been collected will be deleted between 90 and 180 days of the of the termination. So that's very interesting. So let's say we decide we don't want to be a Microsoft uh, customer anymore. We want to terminate our enterprise agreement. Our data will remain in their servers for that period of time. But and that's, then, I mean, yeah. if you think about that, right? It makes sense. There, it makes sense. You may choose to come back, right? And if you choose to come back in a period of time and the the underlying data that sort of ran your business is gone, that's challenged. So, I mean, it's a, appropriate Correct. as long as they're not using the data, right? And Correct. I do want to say we are not attorneys, right? We're no, not legal experts. Not. So you need to you need to consult your own counsel on this. But the the broader implications of all the data that's collected, including yeah. You know, we have a voice service, a calling right. service for Microsoft Teams. That data is now becoming a digital asset. So where oh, yeah. calling data in the in the past, I think, was really tactically viewed, yeah. right? Even if you had call recording, call yeah. recording was typically done just to meet compliance requirements and the ability to go back and and look at that data if something happened, right? Sante had a call with somebody and told them something, oh, let's go back and see what was said. But the go forward on this is, as a digital asset, you can start to do post analytics and potentially oh, yeah. even live analytics, right? A hundred percent, sure. If Sante were a customer service agent and he's on the phone with some someone, yeah. There, we're getting close to the ability to do real-time analytics where it could tell Sante, hey, we've, we're sensing negative sentiment from uh, the client who you're speaking to on the phone, and you may adjust the tactic you use where a lot of that analytics today is you either have a barge in and somebody listens to the call or yeah. you do some post-analysis on a call similar to what I just described. Yeah. But to do it real-time, it changes your, you know, you as a call center agent, it, it changes the way you work yeah, and the way you try to uh, change the way you interact with people, right? It makes you in real time proactively adjusting the conversation rather than after the fact. And I know I've called places where I've been, you know, I'm annoyed about something that happened them with a call center agent. And I've had some great experiences where they've been able to really quickly assess it and and sort of just me, right? Get me into right, a path right. that gets to an answer. Uh, but to know upfront that the person's annoyed, a lot of times you have uh, outsourced reps as well who might, English might not be their native language, right. but the ability to analyze that yes. data as the conversation's taking place and flag to the rep, hey, this is, we're getting, we're picking up negative sentiment from the client you're talking to on the phone. Yeah. Again, that that turns that data into an asset where, again, it was just a thing before. Right? Yeah, and, 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 you know, you've, you've given some pretty elaborate examples, but 
but let's keep it simple. The what what the data that Microsoft is collecting. Notice that the first bullet point was around a a meeting, a Microsoft Teams meeting. What's being collected? Your call, your presentation, your notes, your video, any files you shared. That so that call is one hundred percent a digital asset now because yep. you have everything even ai generated notes are part of this call now your videos there your 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 captures your conversations the questions that were asked this is no longer just a phone call yeah. and, and and so yeah it's it's just if, if companies start to understand that which is one part of the value of microsoft teams and see this as this is not just a phone call or just another meeting Every time I have one, I have a slew of digital assets that I can now work with. I can analyze, I can search. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's phenomenal when you really stop and think about it from how far we've come, right? I mean- And the, the, other, the other thing that I've heard a couple of times recently with some conversations with sales and our engineering teams, uh, when we sell our voice services in the teams, and in some cases, they're going from a traditional voice service that probably just went to a desk phone. Yeah. Now that it's embedded in teams, what we're seeing is more use. So yeah. those lines are being more used more. And there's a couple pieces to that, right? One, compliance wise, I don't know where that phone call was going before. Was it on a cell phone? Was it somewhere else? But it, it probably was still happening, but in a different mechanism. Yeah. The second piece is now you've got it integrated in, right? So now you have more analytics potentially on it. And again, you could do sentiment measure and you've got full, a more clean uh, view of compliance because now you have more data that you're capturing and more of the phone calls. So there's a lot of good out outcomes from doing that. But let me, let me transition to the last point here. So I, uh, we don't have a lot of expertise on this one, but we'll, we'll, uh, I say we will let it's Sante a, dig into it a, a little very, bit. It's a very interesting topic. So it's the, what we've seen is we've, uh, looked into some of the, uh, broader things around privacy and compliance and data recording and that kind of stuff. One of the things we saw pop up is virtual data rooms, yeah. which is a bunch of different ways to approach it. But at a high level, this is, uh, the ability to isolate a group of people with what is typically confidential information. It could be uh, mergers and acquisitions kind of transaction. It could be a bunch of other things. But why don't you talk a, a minute or two about what you've what you've sort of learned in the last couple of days looking at this? Yeah. So first of all, virtual data room is a is a is an aftermarket term. It's not a Microsoft term. And they don't have a specific product or platform called virtual data room. Uh, some folks out there have figured out how to turn this into some type of a service, and that's the term yep. that's being used. But the best way that I can describe this, yeah, so, you know, my son's in the military, so he talks about how, you know, to share top secret information, you need to have what's called a skiff, which is basically a, a physical room that's, uh, uh, you know, secured and isolated so you can have these discussions. This is almost like a virtual skiff, right? And, and you accomplish this uh, using multiple uh, elements of the Microsoft 365 environment, but at a very high level, because I'm not a professional at this, I'm just going to, first of all, SharePoint is key. And so you have to stand up a, a, a an isolated 
or standalone SharePoint collective sites that you're going to use for this specific purpose. Um, and, and you will have to grant external access and permissions to folks who are not in your organization. Because that's the key about this room is that you can have both internal and external people collaborating. Um, the second element would be Microsoft Teams. And Microsoft Teams is nothing more than a front end really for SharePoint. You know, what, what's behind Microsoft Teams is basically SharePoint. And so you would have a team uh, uh, created with a channel and only the folks who need to be there and who have access to these files and documents would collaborate on that. Uh, and again, both internal and external folks, right? Um, and then finally, to take it uh, even further as far as security goes, Microsoft has what's called purview. Basically purview is, is, is like granular level security and policies for your yep. data. Um, and it's used a lot of times uh, by to, to meet like regulatory stuff. So bottom line is something like a virtual data room, those use cases are where very, very, very sensitive information needs to be shared. Board meetings, intellectual property, mergers, acquisitions, uh, you know, IPOs, that kind of stuff. Um, and so that's how you would do that. Uh, obviously, there's more to it. I'm oversimplifying it, but that's what's involved. So yeah, it's a it's a real thing. And it's a I think it's a great concept. Uh, but yeah, virtual data room is basically a very uh, top secret virtual room where you can have, you know, collaboration going on with very, very sensitive information. So but anyway, folks, this does bring our podcast to an end. Uh, remember, take this time right now to subscribe. This way you can stay on top of any future episodes. You don't miss anything. We may have a special guest. You never know. You have to, you have to tune in to find out. Uh, but until next time, remember this. Stay connected. Visit FusionConnect.com slash Tech Unmuted for show notes and more episodes. Thanks for listening. Thank you.